great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof, now more than ever. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? Let me mention four brands that a lot of us have heard of, Trellance, PSCU, CU Direct, and the co-op. Tom Davis, Chuck Fagan, Tony Patel, and Todd Clark, all nice guys, I'm sure. But when you put them on a talking head mantle for an hour, it is simply a cure for in. Somnia. Trellance hosted the live CEO panel, Priorities and Predictions in 2021, moderated by the equally dull Mike Lawson from CU Broadcast. That dude, Mike, said, um, 11 times in one question. Folks, we have got to do better than this. I've had Chuck Fagan on the show. I've had Tony Patel on the show. I don't know who Todd Clark is, and I'd never heard of Trellance. But those three brands, PSCU, CU Direct, uh, what I used to call Cuddle, and the Co-op are three great brands. But when you put them together in that Zoom format, it is snoozeville. It was terrible. I sat through the whole thing. It started late. It ran long. They said it was going to be interactive. They didn't have the chat feature enabled, and they didn't take any questions. As I said to Mike Lawson, you don't want to be the last guy standing next to an overhead projector, but you're getting pretty close. Folks, we have to reimagine how we're spending our time. That was a waste of an hour, an hour that I will never get back. By contrast, in the 20 minutes today on this show, you're going to hear from one of the brightest stars in the credit union galaxy. I actually met Rodney Hood or saw Rodney Hood. I didn't really meet him. This goes back to 2006, 2007 timeframe when I'm out on the road delivering my award-winning Generations keynote presentation. It wasn't a presentation. Actually, it was a spoken performance. Well, I'm in Wyoming giving it to the uh, Wyoming Credit Union League. And late at night, um, I go down into the lobby. I think I was getting like an ice cream or something from those little side coolers. And there's a black guy there at the, at the desk, at the front desk, and they don't have a room for him. And, of course, it's equally odd because we're in Wyoming. Uh, he's the first black guy I've seen since I got to Wyoming earlier that afternoon. And so I go upstairs, and I'm like, I call home and say, man, I really should offer this guy. I didn't have two beds. I had one of the big king-size beds. And I was like, I really should do the right Christian thing here and offer this guy. At the very least, you know, I'll put some pillows in between us, and then I can say, for the rest of my life, I had a black man in my bed, and nothing happened. Yes, that, that, that's what she said. Yes, I know. Very, very funny. Okay, anyway, and so uh, as it turned out, I couldn't find one. I went back downstairs. Well, unbeknownst to me, they had placed Rodney in one of the conference rooms on a cot, and so I remember seeing him the next morning folding up his clothes and whatnot. I didn't really get to meet him. I just, I just had a sense when I started seeing his picture again when he was with the NCUS. I know this gentleman from somewhere, and I confirmed that was actually him back in 2006, 2006 at the Wyoming Credit Union League. He did get a room the next night, and they gave him a nice cowboy boot full of snacks and, and things like that. So all's well that ends well. Now, the other thing I remember about that Wyoming Credit Union League show 
is that one of the door prizes was a Palm Pilot, which in 2006, 2007 was like getting a, I don't know, an eight-track cassette tape. And then another vendor, a, a paper company there in Wyoming, handed out paperweights. I'm not exaggerating. Just imagine a small football with a little brass plaque with the company name hammered into it, except it's not a football. It's a boulder. It's a rock. When I dropped mine into the trash can, it broke the bottom of the trash can, and the trash can, the plastic trash can, split in half. And so that's my memory of the Wyoming Credit Union League show. All right. The wait is over. After 11 years of doing this show, finally, it's Rodney Hood coming up right after this. It's conference quality information without the rubber chicken dinner, the outdated swag, and without the expense report. This is the Power Performance Podcast. And if you're wondering why we're playing the habanera from the classical opera Carmen, you're about to find out. Hey, Rodney, how are you? Great, Jason. Thank you. It's great to be here with you today. Hey, it is so great to have you. All right. Well, everyone knows by now that Rodney Hood, you are on the board of the National Credit Union Association. But take us back. Let's turn back the way back machine for just a second. Rodney, what was your very first job? My first job occurred when I was a junior in high school growing up in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I worked for an accounting firm called Arthur Anderson. I know many of the listeners today may remember Arthur Anderson. Maybe some of the younger folks know his current name as Accenture. So I, Mm -hmm. uh, on Wednesdays through Fridays after school, would go to Arthur Anderson. It was in one of the high-rise buildings there in downtown Charlotte where I would get an opportunity to learn about bookkeeping, filing, accounting, and things of that nature. And it was fun. I not only did it through high school, but I actually had that role doing college as well. So I give it a lot of thought to going into public accounting uh, in my early career. Wow. Okay. Well, this is why Rodney is far more successful than the host of this podcast. My first job as a junior in high school was selling shoes at the mall, and you were working at Arthur Anderson in the accounting department. That's just awesome. Uh, It sounds like you were on the banking trajectory from an early start. Banking and credit union professionals know what the NCUA does, but many of the member owners, like my mom and dad, have no idea. It's just the thing they see on the little, you know, sign outside the credit union. For someone like my mom and dad, they walked up to you and said, hey, what does the NCUA do? What would you tell them? I'd tell them that the National Credit Union Administration is the government federal agency that keeps their money safe and sound. We at the NCUA are responsible for two worlds, Jason. Not only do we ensure that individuals such as your mom and dad with their credit union accounts, we want to make sure that their accounts are held safely, that their credit unions are protecting them and their resources. So we not only make sure that we are helping credit unions follow the rules, and they have rules that they need to follow, such as liquidity rules, uh, risk management rules, and things of that nature. But in addition, NCUA is the insurer, so that means that your parents, all of their accounts are insured up to $250,000 per account. So we want to make sure that the rules are being followed, that their institutions are safe and sound. And if I may, Jason, I just want the country to know, we today have over 5,000 credit unions that NCUA supervises, regulates, and insures. 
Those credit unions now have close to $1.7 trillion in assets. And what's most impressive is that they now are serving nearly one-third of American households. That means that today's credit unions are touching 123.7 million members of credit unions. And I'm proud to know that your parents are counted in that equation. They absolutely are and have been for a long, long time. Folks, it's hard to get your head wrapped around a trillion of anything, but if you put a trillion-dollar bills and stack them one on top of another, they would reach the moon. That is a great, great threshold to be talking about. You know, I've had a, a lot of guests on the show, and, of course, since last year, we've been talking about so many things that came into our vernacular during COVID-19, among them the SBA PPP program. And I know the Small Business Administration sometimes is not seen in a lot of the credit union brands, but I know for a fact that the community banks funded a lot more of those loans as a whole than credit unions. I just wanted to ask your opinion. In your opinion, do you think credit unions need to embrace the business and commercial banking services a little more than they maybe have traditionally in the past? Jason, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, as a former accountant, at Arthur Anderson, followed by doing some early stints in commercial lending, I'm a huge believer in the role that commercial banking plays in producing entrepreneurs and creating and sustaining businesses. But to that end, Jason, I want you to know that credit unions did, in fact, step up to the plate when it came to the Paycheck Protection Program that you just mentioned. I'm proud of the fact that credit unions originated over 171,000 PPP loans for an aggregate loan volume of about $8.3 billion. So while they may not have done as many loans as the commercial banks and community banks, again, 171000 is remarkable. And in fact, their average loan size was about $49,000. And that means that they were really getting into the hands of those main street small businesses who needed those funds to survive through the pandemic and beyond. As I mentioned to you in the setup, I've had over 300 credit union CEOs on my show since we started broadcasting in 2010. And whether I ask them on the air or off the air, hey, what's the number one headache as you're trying to run your credit union? They have all said without fail, regulations, regulations, regulations times 10. We had a new administration, uh, a new approach on things, what should credit unions expect in terms of regulatory relief? None, more of the same. What are your thoughts looking ahead? Well, since joining the agency two years ago, uh, when I was chairman and now as I'm a board member, I want you all to know that my regulatory philosophy is still the same. Regulation needs to be effective and not excessive. So that's why in the years that I've been in, we've been looking at opportunities to reduce regulatory burdens. Jason, as you and I have discussed, I've worked in financial services for most of my career, and I've seen what regulation does to cripple and hamper uh, innovation and business development opportunities. So while there's a new administration, we at NCUA are an independent, autonomous regulatory agency. So I like to tell folks, regardless of who occupies the White House, we are doing our jobs appropriately if we are keeping our institutions safe and sound and also ensuring that those deposits are insured up to the maximum level of $250,000. With that being said, one of the things I last did as chairman was work with our senior leaders at the agency to issue what's going to be this year's supervisory priority. So that means what are the credit unions going to be examined on this year? We're going to be looking at how do they handle their liquidity and credit risk management. We're going to be looking at how do they support the Bank Secrecy Act. 
We're also going to be looking at are they doing all that it takes to really help their credit union members who may need loan forbearance and debt modifications. We're going to be looking at are they reserving for those particular types of transactions appropriately. So we're going to continue to do our job as safety and soundness regulators. And again, the main takeaway, no matter who occupies the White House, we are independent, autonomous, and fully charged to take care of our credit union system, which I'm proud to say covers a third of American households. If you had not ended up in the banking marketplace, in the accounting and finance field, is there another career that you might have pursued? Yes, Jason, and it's really bizarre because you're going to think that it would have been destined for public accounting, given what I did for most of my internships. But you don't know this. Between college and starting my initial career, I was a missionary in Africa where I spent time in Zambia and Zimbabwe, thinking that I was going to go into the priesthood and spent time there. And what I thought that was going to be the career path, As we often hear people say, life had other plans, or perhaps God had other plans for me. So I went into banking, where I started out in commercial banking, then did affordable housing and community development work. And with that being said, I have always worked to help marginalized, vulnerable communities, and that's what we're called to do in the scriptures. I get to do that both in the life that I've had in working for Wall Street firms and now working at NCUA because credit unions, they all are about helping people of modest means. They're about helping marginalized, vulnerable communities. As you know, Jason, the whole credit union ethos is people helping people, and I get to do that. So while I may not get to wear a clerical collar, I do get to still do good work with working with our institutions, and I really do feel that I'm doing um, my life's mission by helping folks in the roles that I've had in finance. As a professional speaker, people sometimes ask me, what is the greatest speech ever given in the history of the world? It's really, really easy. It's the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. That was revolutionary stuff back in the first century. You're still a young guy. You don't know. You never know. You may end up working in the priesthood at some point in your life. How interesting that I'm contemplating that as a life 2.0 career path in some form of ministry. Very interesting. You heard me talk about the moon earlier. That if you stacked a trillion dollar, one dollar bill, it would go from, you know, ground level to the moon. If someone came to you and said, Rodney, we're going to open up a a branch on the moon, and we're going to get you up there on one of these Tesla rockets, but you're going to be up there for about a month eating astronaut food, but we want to give you your favorite meal before you go. What would you eat? I am horrified because many of you know that I love gourmet dining. I love great restaurants (laughs) all over the globe, for that matter, but... I would say the meal of choice would be the Chick-fil-A meal number one, <laughs> the Chick-fil-A sandwich with tater tots <laughs> and a Diet Coke would be my meal of choice before vacating uh, our country. <laughs> yes. What was your first musical concert? My first musical concert, the one that really left a mark on me, was when my parents took me to see Carmen, the opera. So oh, here I am, a yes. little boy. I was barely nine years of age. and. Seeing that particular opera with all of the pageantry and the music and the, and the singers, it really has just transformed me. So now for most of my life, I've been uh, a devoted fan of opera, and it was because of that first concert. And it led me to also want to play. So I played trumpet and piano uh, as a child. That is 
Awesome. Uh, my parents had, this is going to, it's going to require the millennials to do some uh, Googling. My parents had the 33 RPM of the musical Carmen. Very, very familiar with that soundtrack. One of my absolute favorites. And then finally, uh, you mentioned you got your first job when you were a junior in high school. Everybody knows, everybody knows, if you want to get a great auto loan, you often get the best rate and sometimes the best service at your local credit union. Rodney, what was your first car? I had a little Ford Escort. Escort, oh, I remember those very well. What year was it? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So if high school would have been 87, 88, it probably yep. would have been like yep. maybe 88, and it, was, and it was silver gray. Did you have a cassette player in that thing or just the AM, FM? It was AM, FM. I wasn't quite that AM, advanced FM. yet. <laughs> Awesome. Rodney, you've been an absolute delight. I want to wish you continued success and the very, very best and the very, very necessary work that you're doing each and every day at the National Credit Union Association and from everybody here at the Power Performance Podcast. Thank you so very, very kindly for taking some time out of your day to join us on the show. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. I've been honored to uh, spend time with you this afternoon, Jason. Thank you. What a great job. What a great job. Now, if I could, I would play our entire conversation that we had when we recorded that show this past Monday. First of all, I want to say I had no idea it was Black History Month until I saw something on LinkedIn. That is not why we have Rodney leading off February. I don't think of Rodney as a, a black man or anything like that. I just think he's a great guest. I've always wanted to have him on the show and things finally lined up. But I do want to address something in relationship to that. For the entire summer – uh, starting in 2020 and on through the end of the year and into this one, I want to address you diversity, equity, and inclusion so-called champions who berated people like me as racists and troglodytes who didn't understand the struggle and the systemic racism that exists in America allegedly. First of all, I'm not black or white. I'm brown. I'm right in the middle. So I don't know what it's like to be either thing. It doesn't really matter to me. But all of you diversity champions are a total joke now. Had an incoming Republican president replaced the first ever black head of a major banking organization with a good old-fashioned white guy, you people would have lost your minds and when it happened, when the incoming administration replaced a uber-talented, charming, exceptionally qualified black man with a white guy, do you know what you DEI champion said? Absolutely nothing. All of you carping, preaching, condescending DEI types who spent all last summer trying to lionize a multiple felon said nothing when Rodney Hood was replaced. And I don't care if Todd Harper is an openly gay man. I can't keep up with the DEI hierarchy. Is a gay white man more important than a, a Christian conservative black man? I can't keep up with it. All I know is for all of your talk about equality and Black Lives Matter, it didn't seem to matter earlier this year when Rodney Hood was replaced as the chairman of the NCUA. You DEI people in the credit union marketplace, and you know who you are, you are a clown show. 
And if you want to tell me I'm wrong, you're welcome on this show any time. With that said, and the reason I didn't set it up in the beginning was I didn't, anybody want, to, didn't, didn't want anybody turning off the interview because it is a great interview. And I have to say, in the interest of full disclosure, I asked Rodney if I could have an editorial comment about this. He did not bring it up. He did not ask me to say any of that. I made that remark of my own volition, but I've been thinking about it ever since it happened. When we went to the break, I was playing that habanero, um, beautiful operatic piece from – Carmen, the opera, and in one of the lines of that beautiful aria, the line is, one speaks well, the other is silent. Guess which, what, uh, guess which one I am, and guess which one you are, DEI champions, in air quotes. Notwithstanding that little editorial diversion, I want to thank Rodney. The entire conversation I had with him was so illuminating and so wonderful. I look forward to maybe having Rodney back. I know I look forward to chatting with him again off the air. And I want to thank all of you for listening to the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? Until next we speak, my name is Jason Dias, and we'll talk to you all next week. And now let's slow it down for all the lovers in the house. And as my vice principal used to say back at the middle school dance, leave some room for Jesus on that slow dance, Jason. Your heart.